we welcome you to this service of Ash Wednesday. Tonight we begin the ancient journey through Lent and Holy Week and Easter, a road which the church has walked for over 2,000 years. Like any well-prepared travelers, we admit that we want to pack our bags to make sure that we're comfortable for all of this six-week journey. But Ash Wednesday is about leaving baggage behind and braving the unknown, carrying nothing but the mark of God's beloved. Tonight, we receive that mark, the ancient sign of ashes that speaks of the frailty and uncertainty of human life. In this vulnerable place, we confess that we want to be surrounded with all the things that will make us feel better about ourselves, including the things that we think that God needs in order to love us. So I invite you to ponder tonight what baggage it is that you need to leave behind this Lent so that you may hear more clearly the stories of God's extravagant love to us in Jesus Christ and so that you may grow more fully into his likeness and walk in his ways. Let us pray. Almighty God, in the vulnerability of this evening, show us yourself. Show us what you're calling us to leave behind. Show us ourselves more clearly. Through Christ our Lord we pray. Amen. Blow the trumpet. Sanctify a fast. Call a solemn assembly. Gather all the people, young and old, children and infants. Even now, declares the Lord, return to me with all your heart, with fasting and weeping and mourning. Rend your hearts and not your garments. Bless the Lord and do not forget all of God's benefits. For he forgives all your iniquity, heals all your diseases, redeems your life from the pit, and crowns you with steadfast love and mercy. the verses. We'll sing the Kyrie twice in between each of the verses. 
as we come. As we come before you with the needs of our world, we confess our failures and our sins. responsively. Have mercy on us, O God, according to your steadfast love. According to your abundant mercy, blot out our transgressions. Wash us thoroughly from our iniquity and cleanse us from our sin. For we know our transgressions our, Our sin, sin is ever, ever before us. Against you, O Lord, and you alone have we sinned and done what is evil in your sight. You desire truth in the inward being. Teach us wisdom in the depths of our hearts. Have mercy on us, O God, according to your steadfast love. According to your abundant mercy, blot out our transgressions. Wash us thoroughly from our iniquity and cleanse us from our sin.
Create in us clean hearts, O God, and put a new and right spirit within us. For we pray through Christ our Lord. Amen. My friends, the sacrifice acceptable to God is a broken spirit. A broken and contrite heart, O God, you will not despise. Trust the good news. In Jesus Christ, we are forgiven. Thanks be to God. Amen. Our prayer for illumination tonight is the song, Speak, O Lord, and you'll find that on the music insert. Bye.
Speak, O Lord. Your servants are listening. Amen. I want to encourage you to open up your Bibles to the book of Exodus, chapter 13. I'll be reading from verses 17 through 22. Hear now God's word to us. When Pharaoh let the people go, God did not lead them by way of the land of the Philistines, although that was nearer. For God thought, if the people face war, they may change their minds and return to Egypt. So God led the people by the roundabout way of the wilderness towards the Red Sea. The Israelites went up out of the land of Egypt, prepared for battle. And Moses took with him the bones of Joseph, who had required a solemn oath of the Israelites, saying, God will surely take notice of you, and then you must carry my bones with you from here. They set out from Sukkoth and camped at Etham on the edge of the wilderness. The Lord went in front of them in a pillar of cloud by day, and to lead them along the way, and in a pillar of fire by night to lead them by light, so they might travel by day and by night. Neither the pillar of cloud by day nor the pillar of fire by night left its place in front of the people. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for your glorious presence with us tonight by your Holy Spirit, always directing us to your Son, Jesus Christ, who provides grace and goodness and love. When we look at Jesus, we see God, and we hear from Jesus, we hear God's voice. So speak to us now, Lord, we ask in Christ's name, amen. I once heard a preacher say the following, In life, if you are looking to get from point A to point B in the least amount of time, with the least amount of distance, with the least amount of resources, then God may not be your first choice when it comes to hiring a travel agent. (laughs) He always seems to be leading his best clients into the wilderness, even his own son for 40 days. How true. It must be that God thinks there is something good that can come out of it. When his people take a detour, sometimes a lengthy detour through the wilderness, through the desert, through that roundabout way. About eight years ago, I came home from a church evening meeting. As I came through the door, I walked up to my wife and I said, something is not right. I literally fell into the bed, felt the coldest I had felt in my whole life. My wife started putting blankets upon me, the second blanket, the third blanket, the fourth, the fifth. Nothing could warm me up. And two days later, I turned to my wife and I said, I need to go to the hospital. Next thing I know, I've got two IVs, one in this arm hydrating me. The other IV is over here, and it's giving me antibiotics and all these painkillers. 
The ER doctor, who was a very insightful man, took a look at my chart, noticed I was a pastor, and he shared that he personally knew several pastors. And he knew the way that he said lived their work. Did you hear that? The way that pastors lived their work. And he looked at me and he said, you've got pneumonia, pastor. And then he went on and he said, tell me about your last couple of months. Now the painkillers are starting to kick in like, like truth serum. <laughs> and I was just sharing everything. I shared what those last two months looked like. And he said, hmm, busy man. And then he went on and he said, tell me what your day offs look like. And again, that truth serum's kicking in. I told him everything that I do on my day off. And he, hmm, busy man. He said, when was the last time you took a vacation? Thought about it for a while. And I told him, well, a few months ago. And then he said, well, do you ever work when you're on your vacations? Do you ever check your phone? And I said, all the time. And he goes, hmm, busy man. And then he looked at me square in the eye like a football coach holding the face guard of the helmet of a player. And he said, looks like life found a way for you to slow down, buddy. <laughs> he said, you have four to six months of recovery ahead. And if you don't rest, you can make it longer. And if you don't learn to rest, I'll see you here again next year. And he said, Pastor, you need to learn to keep yourself healthy. Healthy for yourself, healthy for your family, and healthy for your church. And you are the only one who can manage that. I thought, rest? Slow down? Can this guy be serious? And on the drive home, I started to raise up that white flag, and I, I turned to Jennifer, my wife, and I said, well, I guess I better listen to the man. And it got silent in the car. And she said, I've been telling you that for years. <laughs> and now you're listening to a guy you just met like an hour ago? Seriously. I love my wife. <laughs> for the next six months, I started on my own journey. I literally, figuratively, went into the wilderness. I had this time of forced rest. I was reading and reflecting, and there were many lessons to be learned, and I wouldn't trade that transformation time in my life for anything. I don't want to get sick again. Please, I don't want to get sick again. But I wouldn't trade that transformation time for anything. It changed me. God had something to say to me about my busyness and the motives behind my busyness. But I wouldn't be ready to hear it until several weeks in. And then God would give me words that led me to better and greater health. And I suppose we all have a wilderness story. It may not have to do with our health, but it might have to do with your health tonight. It could be a story about your family a relationship with someone, a business, a financial situation you're going through. It could have been while you are exiting an old chapter of life, entering into a new chapter of life. Maybe it's something you're experiencing right now. And you feel as though you're walking through a wilderness, taking a roundabout way. 
But whatever your story, as you look back on a past encounter with the wilderness, did you notice something? Did you notice how God was showing you a greater need for himself? Was there something that you learned about yourself? Did you learn about what you really believe? Did that wilderness bring about clarity for you? Did it bring about a change in life or a a newfound pursuit? Did it enable you to abandon and to release something to God? Did it make you more dependent upon Jesus? Now, when the Israelites were delivered by God out of Egypt, there was obviously a much quicker way to get the people from Egypt to the promised land. We're talking about 400 miles here. The app on my phone said it would be about a 149-hour walk. So give time for sleep, rest, and meals. That's about a month. Theologians tell us there was probably somewhere between 600,000 to a million Hebrews at that time. So we could double or triple it for a little bit more time. Let's give it six months. What do you say we give it a year? And yet God had other plans. How many years were they in the wilderness? 40 years. My sons keep asking, what is with God in this 40 thing? But why? Because God's children were not yet ready for the promised land. It would take time, encounters, relationships need to be made, and there were multiple lessons of humility to ready God's people for the next chapter of their life together. So along the way, they would become aware of their need for God. And little by little, their ears would be tuned to listen to the voice of God so that they could become, as Ruth Haley Barton says, a truer self, one that can find freedom in abandoning everything to God. So God led the people into the wilderness But not on their own. He knew what the Israelites needed. They needed someone to lead them. Someone who had gone through the wilderness before. And who was that? That was the servant leader, Moses, who had spent 40 years in his own wilderness, his own journey, so he could learn to listen and to follow God. But more importantly, God would be with his people all along the way. And God would make a profound point of revealing His presence by providing the fire in the sky by night and the cloud in the sky by day. Now think about that. Every moment of every day and night in the wilderness, God would be saying with a visual reminder, I'm with you. I promise you that I'm with you. It's a visible sign of God's presence and love. The very thing they needed from God in the wilderness was to know that he was present with them then and he would be present with them in the future. A few weeks ago, I was leading a small group of eight middle school boys. For some of you, that causes you to shudder even to think about leading a small group like that. And I had just given a talk on the baptism of Jesus. When right before Jesus went into the wilderness for 40 days to be tested, God said to Jesus, you are my son, my beloved. With you, I am well pleased. And I said to those middle school boys, 
I'm guessing those words came to Jesus' mind all the time during those 40 days in the wilderness to encourage him and to empower him to let him know that God was present with him. And then I asked those boys, if you could actually hear God say something to you in the wilderness, what would you want to hear from God? Would you like to know what they said? One of them said, I would want to hear God say, I am here with you. Another said, I would want to hear God say, you're good enough. Another said, I would want to hear God say, I won't let you go. And then five of those boys said the same thing in their own way. They said, I would want to hear God say, I love you. So I ask as we begin these 40 days of Lent together, as we make our journey into the wilderness with Jesus, what would you desire to hear from God during those days? What would you desire for God to say to you personally in the wilderness as we make our way to Jesus' death and resurrection? Would you want him to say, I am with you? You're good enough? Do not fear. I hear you. You're forgiven. I am for you. I've rescued you. I love you. I want to encourage you, in your bulletin, you will find this bookmark. And you'll notice on the other side of the bookmark, it is blank. And tonight, I encourage you to write in that blank space something you would desire to hear God say to you personally during these 40 days. Write that down. And to see on Good Friday how God may have spoken those very words to you. It could have happened during your time of reading or listening, or watching, or resting, or driving, or talking with somebody. Could have happened while you were singing or worshiping. But to look back and to see the way that God had spoken His voice to you to bring you what you needed to hear. Father, we thank You that You are a God who still speaks today. And by your Holy Spirit, you speak words of love and goodness and wisdom and encouragement to us. And I pray that you will speak to us and you will cause our ears to be tuned to you as you bring those loving words. We thank you as a church that you continue to tell us each and every day and each every year, I am present with you. In Jesus' name, amen. We discover in the wilderness that God changes our value system. I watched my dad go through a wilderness of pretty devastating circumstances and his values about work and money changed. He became a much more generous person. So I think that the wilderness journey for us in Lent invites us to reconsider how we handle our personal, and our social values. May God help us to hear the voice of encouragement to become generous. Amen. You'll find this song as the offering plate is being passed. You're invited to join in the chorus part.
that's the part that you have on the page four, I believe, of the insert. Gracious God, you invite us to give 
what you have given to us, our lives, our wealth. And so we offer ourselves and what you've given to us for your use in these tough places of our lives. May you redeem us and bring us to a new life as we let go of all the old stuff. Through Christ we present ourselves. Amen. So it was another point at the end of Jesus' life, another wilderness moment where he realized that his life was just about over. He had to go through the wilderness of darkness and death. Facing that, he invites people to a meal, his disciples, and they eat together. We are here for that meal as an entree into the tough moments of our lives, knowing that Jesus promises to be with us in the bread and in the cup. So join with me in the prayer. The Lord be with you. And and also also with you. you. Lift up your hearts. We lift Lift them them up to to the Lord. Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right right to to give give our our thanks thanks and praise. praise. O Lord, we do give you thanks, for you are our God, and we are the creatures of your hand. You made us from the dust of the earth and breathed into us the breath of life and set us in this world to love and to serve you. When sin had scarred the world and we had turned away from you, You entered into covenant to renew the whole creation. You delivered your people from captivity. You sent prophets to call us back to your ways. You sent your son to be our savior. And so we thank you for Jesus Christ, our Lord, who took upon himself the weight of our sin and carried the burden of our guilt. He shared our life in every way, and though tempted, was sinless to the end. He ransomed us from death's dominion. He opened the way to eternal life. So gracious God, pour out your Holy Spirit upon us, and upon these your gifts of bread and cup, that the bread we break and the cup we bless may be for us the communion of the body and blood of Christ. Lead us, O God, by the power of your Spirit, to live as your love commands. As Jesus gave his life for ours, help us to live our lives for others with humility and persistent courage until the day when your will is done on earth as in heaven, even as we pray together for the coming of that day, saying, Our Our Father, Father, who who art in in heaven, Hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Tonight we are going to do things a bit differently. It has been our tradition in the Ash Wednesday service to come forward two times, once to receive the ashes 
and then a separate time to receive communion. But tonight we're going to come forward just one time. The ushers will bring you down the center aisle a row at a time, and if you're in the transept, it would help us if you go back and come down the center aisle too. And if you'll come to the center where the, Steve and I will mark you with ashes, and then you can move sideways and you'll receive a piece of bread handed to you. We're very conscious of germs tonight. We want to hand you the piece of bread and then we suggest that you eat it and then you'll move to the next person who will have one of these trays with the little individual cups. We're not going to dip in a common cup tonight. And then you move on and you deposit your cup in the basket. On the night when he was betrayed, the Lord Jesus took bread. And after giving thanks, he broke it. And he said, this is my body. Broken for you. Do this, remembering me. In the same way, also the cup after supper, saying, This is the new covenant in my blood. Drink of this in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat of the bread and drink of the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he returns. Amen. So all is ready. Let me ask the servers to come, and if you'll give us a moment, we're going to sign one another with the cross, and then we're going to serve communion to one another, and then the ushers will invite you to come. And there is no hurry tonight. Please take your time. All is ready. Let's go. Let my crying come to dust. Let my grief be turned to ashes. Let my heart be
Let us pray. Merciful God, you called us forth from the dust of the earth. You claimed us for Christ in the waters of baptism. You have fed us at your table tonight with your very presence. As we enter these 40 days of giving in response to your great generosity, help us to bear the mark of these ashes, to be nourished by this meal that we have shared together. So sustain us by your Spirit and bless our journey, the journey through the desert of Lent to the joy of of Easter and resurrection. May our fasting be hunger for justice, our alms a making of peace, our prayer the chant of humble and grateful hearts as we seek to walk in the way of Christ, in whose name we pray. Amen. Let us stand as we sing together. Show us your ways. It's a great walking song for Lent. Uh, let's sing it together. Show us your
Please remember to take with you your bookmark. If you haven't written something on the back, you can do that when you get home. We also have these feasting and fasting lessons helping us through our 40 days of Lent. And there are devotional books as well at the back of the sanctuary here to help you through your 40 days of Lent. And now may the love of God the Father, the grace of Jesus Christ, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all as we listen along the way that God has his special ways of looking out for us, caring for us, showing his goodness and grace, telling us that we have a God who is present with us all along the way. God bless you this week. Amen.